0: Can I just say how incredibly blessed I feel with the magnificent string of experts I've been able to interview here on the Sweet Empowerment Podcast? I am having such a blast, and I'm just digging the amazing and vast amounts of knowledge and wisdom that these experts are sharing, and I'm just soaking it up. I hope, truly hope that you guys are enjoying this as much as I am, and today is no different. I had the honor and pleasure of interviewing Claudia Monticelli. She is a university professor with many hats. She is an author, a psychic medium, past life regressionist, a clinical hypnotherapist, Feldenkrais practitioner, and she is an Argentine tango dancer. Her area of expertise is using language to understand people's needs and discovering their own solutions. Claudia leans on archetypal psychology to communicate and interpret present scenarios and future outcomes. Her fundamental tenet is that learning how to move with ease can remove mental blocks and open up a brand new, more enjoyable lifestyle and boost energy. Friends, this short bio doesn't even begin to scratch the surface of what Miss Claudia is all about. So grab yourself a beverage, something to write on and with kick back and enjoy. You're listening to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast with Kristen Brown, where we attract and create healthy relationships by applying practical ideas, universal truths, and life-changing inspiration. Let's go have some fun together. Hi, Claudia. I am super excited to have you here. I've been uh, looking through your content and I know that you have such beautiful energy and I'm really, really honored and proud to have you on the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. And I've also seen that you have many, many areas of expertise. So we'll just allow this conversation to take flight in its own organic way. So welcome to the Sweet Empowerment Podcast. Thank you, Kristen. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure for me. And um, it's always a pleasure for me to talk about
1: something that might be of interest. So, you know, ask any question you think might be
0: more relevant for your audience. I would love to hear about a little bit about your backstory, because you have so many interests and gifts and talents. I mean, you're, you got a lot going on in that brain and that spirit. And um, so if you could just give us a little a little brief backstory about how you came to do the work you do, both with the Jungian archetypes and, you know, your mediumship, all the things that you are doing. Just a little bit about, kind of introduce people to who Claudia Monticelli is. Okay. Okay. Well, first of all, I'm
1: a, my biggest hat is a university professor. And um, the, the thing that gave me um, the impetus to start my YouTube channel with another name, Christelle Martinet, actually, um, was a period of time that I was so so upset with the university, you know, patriarchal hierarchy, and um, and and I was always yelling and screaming in anger, you know, angry. And so I thought, wait a minute, this is not me. I usually enjoy myself. I have to do something to enjoy myself. And I thought, well, maybe that means that context is telling me to take take a step back. So. It was really by, it was just out of the top, off the top of my head. I said, well, what have I not done that I'm good at? And so I opened this YouTube channel and I started reading cards and the response was remarkable and it, it it grew even more because I never showed my face. I'm camera shy and um, yes, I'm very camera shy even to take pictures and one day uh, a subscriber said to me, you know, you really should go live. And I thought, oh my God, live, <laughs> live, what am I going to do live? You know? And so I did, I did. And that's, that's when my uh, subscribers started adding up. I guess they liked the personal touch, putting a face to the yeah. voice, you know? Yes, yes. yes. And um, then, uh, well, one thing led to another. And um, I'm also a clinical um, hypnotherapist. And so with the idea of past lives incorporated in my uh, soul work, because I'm a soul therapist, I have, I'm, I'm clarifying myself, I'm distinguishing myself as a soul therapist. I love that. It a is. Great it's, term. It's, it's one of the best services that I have. And I it's that. one of the most efficient and effective and sought after, um, past life regression is also something else. It depends on what the person is looking for and how they react. And what I like about both of them, um, past life regression P R PLR and, uh, the soul therapy is that it's quite different from a psychotherapy session where you talk about yourself and it goes back and forth and back and forth and in time psychotherapy is one thing, but past life regression, I find it takes two sessions, tops three sessions for the person to come to understand by themselves what their issues are. For example, I'll give you an example. There was a woman, a client of mine who um, had issues with her father and they just never talked and never spoke and never spoke and never spoke. We did a first session and She almost got close to somewhere in her past lives where she recognized a man, there was no face, and she didn't put a name on it. And that's when we closed the session. It lasted about 70 minutes. Then she came back for a second, and this time only two sessions were necessary. The second session brought her into a life where she clearly saw that same person. It was in a different part of the world, but she knew and she recognized it as her dad and then the whole storyline she played out for herself and then of course there's a debriefing after the past life regression and it was phenomenal i mean every time i work with a client like that it makes literally the the hair on my arm stand on stand straight it's fascinating it's fascinating um and so so let's say that On my journey towards uh, going towards a pleasurable life and doing things that i enjoy Mm -hmm. it started with this situation that was temporarily negative i needed some kind of motivation and what i found that as soon as i moved towards something that i liked my university career improved remarkably my publications uh, the nature of the topics that i was dealing with i started working with topics that included uh, women for example uh, I started writing about because I'm a social linguist so I um, I research a I I do a microanalysis a very delicate microanalysis of language both oral and written of anything and in that time I started looking at TV series and television and um, and cinema movies that portrayed women in a certain way and so my idea was taking and analyzing women of power not necessarily that they had power they were in a political role but that they were sort of you know uh uh influencers Mm -hmm. fixers things like that and uh, i'll give you an example one was um well there were two that i probably can give you as an example one was scandal the tv series scandal where kerry um Carrie Washington was uh, the main character, and that was fashioned after a real fixer in Washington, D.C. And what was really interesting about that is that when you get into the nitty-gritty of the language, um, it you can find out how her position of power in language, because it's very easy to see through uh, you know, uh, an analysis of pronouns, and I don't want to get too too technical, but, yeah, yeah. but it's fascinating, fascinating. And another one I did was, um, at the time, was... Um, oh, I can't remember the name, is it something like coming home um, with a protagonist who who was bipolar? I can't remember, it was really violent. Well, she was an agent, a a CIA agent or FBI agent, but there too, the power that she had sort of shifted because of her bipolar state. She was always uh, moved away from when they depicted her, as being a powerless character but when she was in her powerful character she was phenomenal really phenomenally powerful and that's where men and and this is how the tv series showed her were a fear fearful of her or were worried about her and so these kinds of things brought me then to um To write about women of power. And um, I decided not to do an academic book in that case. And I decided to um, write a book for the American market. And so that book came into the same idea, uh, the media portraying women and representations of women and how it's taken from true life, but how the series and the media influence women when they see that on television. And so it's come into it's morphed into something uh, with a draft title now, "Live Like You Have Superpowers: uh, the, the Magic of Pleasure Seeking," and uh, that is in its in its book cover phase. <laughs> and so so that that's the story of this other persona, and um, and the book has also brought me to my podcast, and it was because of the book writing that I decided to make. Uh, episodes reading out loud what i uh, had written for certain chapters to make it come alive for me and so yeah. I, it was and that that made it it possible for me to change content change the wording certain words weren't clear they were too academic change that change the red, register going down and up and things like that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and uh, so that's how the the podcast started and it was interesting because you may know uh, with the work that you do that a lot of you, you put content into your show and you know what you're doing because you have an object, objective, right? But you never know what people think when they listen, you know, the, the receiver of the content and, and that's fascinating too. And you never have any clue unless somebody gives you feedback.
0: You are, (laughs) yes. I've told this to people. I said, do you know how vulnerable and weird it is to have a podcast? Because you, this is, doesn't have a comment feed under it or a like button. We're just, we're, it's blind faith yeah We're it's just, blind faith and and isn't it surprising though
1: that when it does get feedback and it's happened to me it hits you right under the belt <laughs> and for some reason people are very very um they they overextend themselves with gratitude and things like that yes, when the negative but yeah. the negative when that negative comment comes it really really you know i'm i'm better at getting the you know back the the bad let's say negative comments and understanding where it's coming from and it actually is helpful, um, but all the same it's never something you expect and, uh, and it's interesting. And it's, whereas on YouTube, right under the video, one, two, three, you get right away all of the comments come. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning, when I first started the channel in 2014, I would cry. I would cry I didn't know how to deal with that. I just didn't know how to deal with that. And at one point I had to get away, you know, a couple of months because I thought I must be doing something wrong. And then I realized that there's a way of, you know, it's your show. It is your show and by golly, <laughs> so I won't say something else. If it's my show I should be able to put any contact I want. And I can also monitor the comments. If there's a really mm-hmm. negative comment, I'll just remove that. Yes. And I, it took a long time for me to understand that. Uh, you live and learn, I guess, you know.
0: Well, you know, you brought up something that I think is is really relevant. There's a couple of things that I want to say first is that, uh, number one, that I, I, I'm watching this timeline of your life. And yeah. that in and of itself is very inspirational because I see a woman who literally follows her inspiration. She, she goes some, i now, you know, this is interesting to me. This is interesting. And you followed your inspiration and, and, and have made just so much impact on so many people on so many different areas and levels. I mean, how fun is that? Yeah. And, and I have to say, um, I'll jump, jump into what you're saying. At
1: the university and at a national level here in Italy, I have reached very high levels in ministries, uh, president cabinets, not only as an interpreter because my uh, job as a professor is teaching conference interpreting, so simultaneous interpreting. You put the earphones on, you hear a language, and then you, you pronounce the language. I've been doing that for many, many years professionally and, and uh, as, a, as a professor, but having done that all and still feeling so, ah, it's terrible, you know, still feeling that that something's missing. It, it had to be uh, really, it, it came out of my gut. <laughs> it came out of my soul. This mm-hmm. is enough. And it's not that I stopped doing everything that I did, I did, but that that's business as usual. Okay, you know, I'm bad at I'm good at it. I'd spend many years. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. But this is a different yeah. ball game, you know, it's a different thing. Um,
0: and you're, one you're other being thing pulled like viscerally into yes. an area, like it's, and I love that you heeded the call. I mean, cause we, many people can ignore that, you know? Well, well, yes, but, um, well,
1: everything comes at a cost. We have to say that and we're not children. We know that. And when you put yourself out there, of course, you're going to get, uh, criticized in any way, uh, as a professor, We go to conferences, we write papers, we read papers, and people uh, obviously criticize our work. But it's on a different scale and it's in an academic world and it's not on a grander scale. Uh, When I say I'm publishing a book in the United States, the readership is much more wide ranging and it's quite a different thing. Um, And there's another thing that I uh, started uh, getting into at a very early, very very early age as a child and didn't understand until when, when I got older. And that is channeling. And I realized that the channeling that I do on uh, live in in uh, internet on my YouTube channel, but more importantly, on a private uh, basis through to clients is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. Um, I literally it is and I I know there's a calling there I know that only particular souls come to me for help who have not passed and I have to uh, help them transition there's they've been earthbound for whatever reason and uh, so that has uh, is is yet another turn that that's taken you know that I've taken and it's interesting I don't know what's going to
0: what I'll do next. I'll let you know. (laughs) It's, It's fascinating to me, but we you've brought up a really good point that anytime you're some type of teacher or influencer, or you're, you know, bold enough to get out in front of people. I think a lot of people don't understand that, that we really do open ourselves up to the critics and the criticism. And there is a, there's a lot of work to be done on our half, it's not like we just go, okay, great. You know, I had a huge fear of public speaking, Claudia, huge, oh, ooh, ooh. huge fear of public oh, speaking. Oh so, my God. Yeah. You know, there's, there's work that we have to do like internal, yeah. deep internal work that we yeah, need deep to top do top. to show yeah. up for what we're yeah. passionate what, about and yeah. driven to share, because let's just talk about mediumship for a minute. That's yeah. something that there's a lot of critics out there in the world. About there's a lot of non-believers. Oh, there's a lot of oh. naysayers. Oh, so having to show up to that, and I've known several mediums personally. So I've yeah. had these conversations, and I realize this is a real yeah. thing. And it is a to, real thing to break is, through yeah. that, and yeah. just trust yourself. Maybe you can talk to us about that. Like, this is my gift, and I mm-hmm. what what were the stages you had to go through, or how did you get comfortable with this? gift mm-hmm. that is not of this world that people may well, not understand
1: i started uh, first and foremost with uh, private clients through my uh, youtube through my website not in youtube publicly and not uh, let's say not advertising it either because it was a very like you say i mean we 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 get a bad name and, and i mean people hate mediums we're always being tested it's terrible but um the way I did it was through private clients. And then when I saw that it was um, the way I did it, I became more comfortable with it. And why I say more comfortable, it's this. There are a few ways that uh, mediumship is done, carried out. And um, just two I'll talk about. One is in a deep trance. And that occurs when um, a person, the medium, isolates herself or himself to the point of completely taking over the persona or the energy that is being channeled to the point at times, not always, but at times they assume the visual connotations that the, the features and the voice of that person. Um, now you can understand that in a trance of that nature that day, you can cross it off your list. You need a break and you you know don't do anything else. And the other way, and the way I do it, because I've always done it this way, is um, light trance state, which means you go in and out of the trance on a light basis, listening to the uh, spirit, and then relaying. And it goes back and forth and back and forth, because what I've learned is that when a person wants to interact they want to stop and talk to the spirit instead of receiving all of the message all at once because for example the person passed away before my client was able to see them or there was something in the will that just wasn't right and and mm. uh, and the family members are arguing and so they want clues and things like that and um so so this or they suits- were
0: or they were murdered or something, I'm sure. Oh yes, there's oh some yes, some, some
1: things, answers. yes. Oh yeah, the, the surprises that come up are incredible yeah. there. Um, and so that's that's how I do it. And I'll tell you why I do it like that because it most uh, closely mirrors the profession that I have always carried out You know, for years and years and years and years. Um, as an interpreter with the earphones, you listen and then you speak you listen, and then you speak. So I was so used to working like that, that that's the way I worked. Um, And of course, there is always a bit of interpretation, because the sounds are muffled, because the energy at times goes in and out, it's not very clear. And, um, but it's fascinating, it's fascinating. And I no longer have to, you know, shut my microphone off, and then go have a drink after because I'm dead. No, it's, it's easy. My energy is, uh, I know how to, save my energy to cleanse my energy before and after i call it psychic hygiene uh the before Love and after. that before
0: that yeah yeah hygiene. hygiene
1: yeah now those were yeah.
0: two of the ways you said there was a couple other ways too of mediumship would you just touch on those briefly well the other the other
1: way is uh, other uh, other couple of ways are um are this when the person just is quiet completely quiet maybe um, seemingly outwardly to people in front of them have a, they're closed and they're meditating, they're meditating, then they stop. And then they relay as in a paragraph, you know, they would say, well, they just told me to tell you that this, 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 and you might want to try it. So yeah. it's, so it's a three-way conversation. First, the person speaks. It's not a, it's not more simultaneous, but more consecutive, let's say uh, like that. Yes, and i I've, not- I've been with, I've seen that. Yeah, Yeah. and another uh, another way that I found that I've seen people work, I don't subscribe to it and I don't like it, is that they take questions and it's never done uh, uh, a tu per tu. They say in Italian vis a vis. It's never done in front of the person, the client, but they take note. They send it in an email or they or they record the message in a video that they send the client. So that is easy, much more difficult for a, a client or a, a person who is, has paid for a service to believe you or to, or to even intervene to ask any questions. And see, that's what, but, but yeah. I've, I've seen people do that. You know, yeah. you
0: touched on something so important. And I feel like as a as a coach I you know coach is just such a bland word really I channel spirit as I'm talking to clients I get intuitive messages Mm. I'm an I call it an energy reader I've called that term because I didn't know what else to call it I can read people's energy and I see behind the scenes you know Mm -hmm. I can see like most people see this in a person I see you know four steps back my girlfriend says that you always see behind like what's happening behind which I think makes me an effective coach because I know where to go. Yes. But you talked about energy, and um, it, there's something different when you open yourself up to this type of reading of spirit. I don't know what we want to call this. Yeah. That there, there is kind of you become an open vessel, and it is very easily to be drained. Oh and yes. So, so for people who, who I there's so many people out here with so many gifts, Claudia. Mm-hmm. And they don't know what's happening. So maybe somebody yeah. out there who's who's listening to this, I really hope we're speaking to to him or her right now even mm-hmm. if it's one person, you are feeling this, what can they do to okay. protect themselves and to well, clear there there are two things that has to have to be said.
1: The first um, is that uh, you you mentioned the type of work that you do, and um, part of it is, is intuitive, part of it is psychic, part of it is reading an aura, and it's all about energy, right? And other people uh, talk of having downloads. Have you ever heard that word? Yeah. And yeah. that was that was so surprising for me. What are they talking about? Why do they talk about downloads? And I realized that I get those too, though. Yeah, I, I realized that it's something that comes to them not solicited. Yes. Now that's tiring because I, I, in, in my soul therapy work, I uh, measure one of the parts of the reading is to measure in percentages, what percentage they have uh, in terms of getting the information directly when they want or having downloads. And so you can understand that when you're on a scale of zero to a hundred, and you have 80% downloads and 20% possibility of getting something for you, that's tiring because you have all of this information. I mean, you're studying, you're doing your shopping, you're what? And then all of a sudden you get this information. That's intrusion on my book, you know, in my book. I never and, looked at it that way. Yes. And the idea for a psychic is to attune their skills to make it go to 100% and only and block out. It's, it's like putting up your, your, um, your not defenses, but just perimeter around you. So you yeah. can eat, sleep, like an umbrella. <laughs> yeah, right. A protection. And you, at least you could watch a movie without getting that, sorry, but the noise um, getting that. And um, so that's one thing that I wanted to mention. And that's interesting for people to know that, that you have these two possibilities and it's something you work on. You work on it through concentration, through meditation. More or less, not everyone likes to meditate. I'm not one of those because I grab it when I want it, and my meditation is like my mediumship. It's a light trance, very light trance. Mm-hmm. Now, you mentioned how, what kind of things can people do to uh, for psychic cleansing, right? Hygiene. If I say um, Kirsten, okay, you're you're going to see your client tonight at nine o'clock, six o'clock, 5pm. And you know the types of work that that client does, you know what the problems they have. And of course, before you see this person in your home, in your office, or wherever, even uh, behind the computer screen, there is... um, a sort of a, a process that you need to do for yourself. So you can be ready psychically, physically, and uh, mentally, emotionally for that person. Everyone right. does it differently. You know, right. I, I don't know if I could give tips in that because people, a lot of people are, uh, have a strong sense of sound and they like to hear music to get them to that space. A lot of people need to see things, they're visual. So using the senses in some way to get you attuned to that space. mm mm-hmm. When you leave the, the person, an hour, 45 minutes, 50 minutes, close the session, and you feel odd, and you see in the, uh, e- perhaps that evening or the upcoming days, things start happening to you that are very odd. I'll give you an example. I'm a very healthy person, knock on wood. I never have any pain. Um and I like it that way. <laughs> yes, that's beautiful. When all of a sudden I walk down the street and I sprain my ankle wearing flat shoes, I think, okay, what's the matter yes. with me? I'm, I should be looking where I'm going. Ugh. The next day, the same thing happens a little more. And the third day, I sprain it, actually sprain it. I knew, I know there's something up, something up. Come home, uh, bump my head on the cupboards that are open. Yes. I mean, very odd, odd things. Then you know that something is up and that's when you really need a heavy duty cleanse. And I do it, but I have other people to help me out with that mutual exchange.
0: Yes.
1: There, there you have to understand what is happening. And what exactly is it happening? Is it energy that comes from that person who could be a carrier just like in a viral situation they uh, they don't test positive but negative but are carriers or if it originates with that person but you think you know is why is that important you know it is important because to clear the energy you have to know how to do it and how far back to do it and why is the attack psychic attack coming to you if it's from that person, there must be a reason. So it, it's a long story, but to make it short, um, one of the things that you can do there, like everyone has read about and heard about the saging. I don't like saging because I don't like to keep the smell in my home for that. It does smell. doesn't <laughs> I like to spray.
0: I like to spray uh, olive oil senses. I tell people, because I think to me, sage smells like marijuana, right? Yeah. I tell people, I'm like, okay, I just saged. I didn't have like 20 bongs before you got here. (laughs) Because the house (laughs) will The house smell for like a day. I know a day more than a day, (laughs) and it gets all
1: over the furniture, you know. Um, But I like to spray scents that are are either lavender or olive oil. Really works for me. I like the sense of that. that See that back
0: there? Is that what is that? Those are spray scents. (laughs) I got those in Sedona. I love them. I, oh, good I for a circle in my room. Yes. Yes.
1: Yeah. And that's excellent. That's yeah. excellent. And then of course that has to be backed up with any form of incantations, chanting, prayer, Ooh. invocations, affirmations, whatever you call them. But the thing that really, really works is something that uses your vocal cords. And what I like to call it is the chanting the Indian, um, culture uh, that that yes. they have this sound of chanting because it's a vibration and it vibrates the air and it changed the vibe changes the vibration in your soul really i think i've said enough about that you can cut
0: me oh, off <laughs> i know i'm love honestly i'm just gosh you and i could talk for 45 hours <laughs>
1: probably without
0: a water break too um no I love that I love the whole chanting thing and that you know was introduced to me some I don't even know I lose track of time I'm going to say 10 years ago maybe right right the first time that I ever did that was in a kundalini yoga studio with my Mm. with my friend who has that studio and I was like wow this is cool and he was talking about the vibration what what, was the experience what happened then can you um, remember can you explain it was, it. to me it was very grounding it was very like it very presence making i felt like i just got in presence and i felt almost in a way i'm going to just try to explain it like like it vibed vibrated out yucky energy that was in me like it yeah. just went, yeah. like it kind yeah. of pushed it rippled it out yeah. of my my body sort of feeling. You could almost see it. Yeah, yeah it was, it was like, wow, that you know, anytime we do those type of things, because I'm I wouldn't call myself a skeptic. I've been my, I was raised by an extremely intuitive mother. I mean, mm. this is not something I've seen dead people, I've had things happen to me. But yet when it comes to anything that any new thing like, oh, let's go to a drumming circle, I'm like, I'll go. But I go yeah. in with a healthy degree of, I didn't even like to call it skepticism. Just let me be open to this experience mm-hmm. instead of attaching what's going to happen here. And then I'm always surprised in a great way. I'm like, because I go in so neutral yeah. with no expectation, but no negativity towards it. Mm-hmm. I'm surprised. I'm like, okay there's something to this chanting okay yeah. there's something to this yeah. drumming okay yeah. there's something to the gong right. okay right. You know? and yeah. so i just love that there's so i'm wide open and i love that stuff right. so don't right. think that your chanting conversation <laughs> is amazing one like, word of uh,
1: caution if i may yes. um, when you're in a group of a shamanic journey or things like you're explaining now or um, another uh, very hunting round negative hunting round is a Ooh. hospital hospital situation is that it's very fertile ground for the accumulation of negative energy. It, you may not even think of it that way. But oh no, I get me, it. Yeah, it, it is, and so you have to be very careful before you go into that, and when you come out, um, things just jump around. When it comes, well, you were saying it vibrated out. Well, that vibrating out goes somewhere.
0: Yeah. And that's yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so
1: you have to be careful. That yeah.
0: makes sense. And also sometimes uh, people, oh gosh, I don't even know how to word this without making it not sound PC. Sometimes people that are in a really dark places will enter into those places.
1: Yes. To, yes.
0: to maybe suck off of other people. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, that kind yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. Ability As well. Yeah. You know, you talked about a psychic a psychic attack. And yes. I would love the definition of what that means. Like, what do you expand on that, please? Well, the psychic attack is something that uh, includes
1: and is limited to really all forms of negative energy. Now, okay. oh. there, there are a couple of two other things that I want to talk about, but, but now please let get, me get to this. Mm-hmm. Um, with the coronavirus uh, situation that started a few years ago, this Form, forms of psychic attack have changed incredibly what we're getting are, uh, apart from people, energies, and, and group settings, what we're getting is something that travels far from us, not in presence, and no one understands that they're doing it. It, um, it, for, it, it grows on fear, trauma, Anger, yes. all of those situations, and it's just relayed. The attack is real, and you feel it. In, almost immediately. You can feel it almost immediately, and it's usually physical. You can feel it come out in a physical sense. I don't know. All of a sudden, your finger starts to hurt where you never have pain. Um, like yeah. I said, the, that is so weird that you said that. Well, it is. It and you know, I have. To, I'll give it to you the way I exactly now. Uh, age is not a factor for people to feel pain. When people uh, start becoming older, they think, okay, well, my fingers feel funny. So it must be some kind of arthritis. No, not at all. Not at all. Pain is not a natural state. And uh, you might think, well, we have to die from something, of course. But that people grow into their 80s and 90 walking on their own two feet and living in a certain way, not having to diet necessarily uh, anyway, but it is, let's say, um, I know what I'm saying is a little bit um, uh, uh, contentious, all right? But people come to me when nothing else has worked. Mm-hmm. And I know they come for a reason. And so the job is very serious because they are full of it. They are really full of it. When someone comes to me, when they're in a wheelchair, they're dying. It's too late for me to deal with. I've had a, um, I had a referral from um, from another uh, colleague. Let's say, and he came for me. He was in a wheelchair. He was dying. He was a victim. He was Irish. He was a victim of, of. Um, uh, sexual abuse uh, mm-hmm. in the church. And he, like I, like others were as well, and he wanted to rebel. And it's a long story, uh, fascinating as well. But there I said, look, I can try, but I, I'm telling you now, it's just not going to work. It's too far extended in time. I mean, he was a mess. He was a, literally a mess.
0: Just for clarifications, when you're saying I can try. Are you talking about reversing their energy, clearing their energy? What yes.
1: You- yes. Okay. Um,
0: in, in the nature of soul darkness,
1: the um, soul therapy. Okay. Soul therapy means okay. I go and look at the soul group of origin, where your soul originates, how many lifetimes it has. Um, what your gifts are, what your life lessons are, what your specialization is. And then I go and look at all of the blocks and restrictions in those lives. And usually there are three to five I usually get, even in the oldest souls that I have. It's usually five, not more than five. There was one, six. Mm -hmm. Critical lifetimes where blocks and restriction curses, vows, all implants um, occurred, and they have a storyline, and um, and they need to, and plus the, the present life, because they're carried over, so the present life is where they feel these negative attachments. And I did that work on him, and um, I did it, you know, uh, pro bono, because uh, I, I, you know, wanted to help, but I was absolutely sure it wouldn't work, mm-hmm. and um, and it didn't you know, it didn't, and he thanked me, and that was that, but uh, you feel so, so sad that there's just nothing you could do, and, um, and that, that kind of a case is, is a limit case, let's say, it's, it's one of the, um, when, when nothing, when everything fails, um, they are difficult, they're difficult, I mean, um, I had my own sibling, a sister of mine, who, who, uh, from out of the blue, completely out of the blue, she found that she had uh, cancer and had six months to live at the very most. And uh, what I was able to do with her was to ease pain and ease suffering. And um, had I been there earlier, it may have helped but she lived far from me. So we saw each other very, very little. But mm-hmm. there too, when it hits close to home, it's very difficult, you know. You, and there, there's that element of mystery because mm-hmm. sometimes we're not meant to know everything and we're not meant to know certain, we don't get all of the answers. And there's a reason for that. So uh, there's, there is a limit. And that's one of the most difficult things to accept. And yeah. I know I said I wanted to uh, say a couple of more things. I can't read Oh, <laughs> Can I change the subject? Yes, please. <laughs> yes. You said um, you were so frightful of public speaking.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I smiled because I've taught uh, public speaking so many years. And I now um, coach uh, duppers, um, uh, actors, and singers, and, and interpreters as well, to use their voice with a method. And it's, that is fascinating. But I know what you mean. <laughs> I really know what you mean. It was bad. <laughs> it was i, I know it's bad it's bad and it's not only the breathing that that can help
0: i know it's bad um yesterday uh, i was i just to- i just felt the fear and did it anyway i got on freaking public tv i mean i was invited on a morning show and i said yes had a panic attack on the way down there oh god i stared at the cameras <laughs> i mean i i couldn't believe i was sitting on a television stage alive broadcast And then I drove home and I was triumphant and I loved it. Yes. Yes. A world, a world. And usually it's the first three words. When the first few words come out, then you're okay. (laughs) Then you're okay. Right. Uh, It's um, maybe you can share a little bit. We're kind of jumping all over the place. I had a feeling this way. I, I That's was okay. like, <laughs> as I was researching you, I was like, mm, yeah, this is not going to stay on one topic, which I absolutely love. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. Oh no. Are you kidding me? This is my, this is my jam. Oh, good. So, <laughs> I'm thinking, uh, well, the question I was going to ask you is, um, it's, it's about finding courage. I mean, really to maybe you could talk about ways that you have been really fearful of something in your okay. life and not to okay. do with a scary lion or a rapist no, no, no. not that time um, of fear it, it, you this
1: was the other thing that i wanted to jump in and talk about oh, because good. you mentioned um because initially you did mean, mention archetypal readings now mm-hmm. um my work in archetypes is this i and part of my well my entire book book works with women, you know, the goddess, the queen, the virgin, you know, all of that, and the witch, of course. Um, But there is a chapter on the four faces of fear, because all of us have four archetypal uh, fears. And uh, one is the victim, one is the inner child, one is the prostitute, whether it's a male or a female. And uh, the last is the... Oh my goodness, I can't remember. <laughs> oh, the, okay. the, the saboteur, the saboteur, the, the, the person who sabotages, the, the role that sabotages you. And so when you talk about fear, you, um, it's very difficult to think that we need to take care of our inner child. And the inner child is, the, is a very vulnerable role that we have inside it ourselves. Is- so, what do we usually do? We either embrace the victim, oh, I can't do that, I can't do that, it's not mine, or we, uh, we trade our, our skills for something else, the inner prostitute. You get paid, you're willing to trade off in order not to be vulnerable. And then there's the saboteur that will, in any case, jump in and just ruin the possibility that you have of doing anything. It could base itself on your past experiences. It could base yourself, itself on those times in your dreams that something occurred and you don't want that to happen. But it's real. And it, I have to say that it's not only because you have stage fright or are difficult in front of a microphone or in public speaking. It exists irrespective of speaking in public. It exists in every single thing we do, and it's it's a lifelong process, really. Um, It's a lifelong process of of managing because they are there. They are there. Um, and well, to all the types of, uh, of archetypes and and talk about archetypes are so fascinating because well, let's um, just
0: jump in there real quick because okay of, okay okay okay. Let's, There's let's a, just say what uh, they sure. you know where okay where they were well, birthed and what they are and give a little definition. Okay, I know all right. So deeply well, um, uh, Carl Jung
1: was the uh, psychologist who who started. I guess he was the first who started talking about. Archetypes and a student of his called James Hillman branched off and worked with archetypal uh, psychology, and he also went on to be the first um, director of the the uh, Jung Institute in Zurich. Now, what I like about archetypes is that I don't have to tell you anything else, but just say, "Boy, today I really feel like a witch," or. Um, I was the victim in the room, or I was a goddess, I just walked into that room. Every time I use an archetype, it is very easy to understand. Um, I'm going to give you an example, a couple of examples. Um, Let's talk about relationships, right? Whether they're mother, daughter, husband, wife, uh, uh, woman to woman, man to man, a relationship. I always take it as having a male side and a female side, because we all have two sides. All right. Now, in a recent study that I did, uh, over a hundred couples, people wrote me their issues. They wrote to me, look, I'm having issues with my mom. All right. Now, what I found in all of these hundreds uh, of questions was that a very specific male archetype came out, was very common, and it was the king. And face to face with the King was a maiden. Now listen
0: to this. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Listen to this. And that was one of the most common. Now, uh, when we talk about the King self-esteem and self-respect motivate the King and for the maiden safety and security motivate the maiden, mm-hmm. he needs to feel vulnerable to change. And sometimes a tragic event is what makes, makes him do it. So he needs to feel vulnerable so he can change. And sometimes um, a tragic event will do that, but she can help him relax and see the beauty in his world, but she's too naive and will only bring the king in him full force. She's his responsibility and under his control. Now, the funny thing is she's very spontaneous and adventurous and can show him a good time. All right. He may be he may not be too demanding of her at first. So because she's easygoing, she's innocent, she won't challenge him outright. He tries to protect her from the terrible vagaries of life. She needs in her life to stand on her own two feet. And the king wants to take care of her and isn't really interested in teaching her how to do that. Um, and he can he could feel young again with her next to him and enjoys showing her off. She is his possession, and he doesn't think she can live without him. And she's more resourceful, though, than he thinks. Mm-hmm. She'll look up to him. He's the rock in her life, and he's her personal defender. But they clash if he lets down his guard and isn't there for her when she needs him. And what happens after a while, his demands change her. She becomes harsh or jaded. And he'll wonder what happened to that sweet woman. And eventually, she'll learn to stand up to him. And that's the
0: end of that. <laughs> wow, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's and I get, like, I can see that story playing out in so many relationships. Just yeah. That there. Yeah. 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 And if we
1: have time for another one, I'll tell you sure. the, an, another one. Uh, one of the, in the hundred uh, couples study, this was uh, 8% of them had this, the woman's man, the lady's man archetype and the maiden. So it's the same maiden as we talked about with the king, with the king. Now, for the woman's man, the lady's man, loving and belonging motivate him. And safety and security motivate the maiden, as we heard. He needs to learn how to value himself as a man and stop running away from his responsibilities. And this isn't the maiden's specialty. She needs to work on being responsible, too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's because she acts young, innocent, naive, and she's always living outside of society's rules she's also very spontaneous and adventurous, just like she was with the king. And part of her project is that she has to increase her low self-esteem. She has to raise that. Um, now, the thing is that he can, he can help her, but it's very limited. She has to learn to stand on her own two feet, but the ladies' man can help her with this and encourage her to be independent and telling her how many good qualities she has and he's a real self-esteem booster Mm -hmm. but they won't be there for each other physically he'll be off playing the field Mm. and so will she because she doesn't have his support Mm. and in the end they both feel validated and renewed when they're together but they will be bored, and uh, he's not going to be able to teach her very much, and he, she finds out and realizes that he's not the man to stay or be the mar- marrying kind, and that becomes the end of that, and so, you know, it's, it's interesting to see how these characters play in, yeah. you know, play out, and how I get their, uh, their archetype is through psychic means, you know, I, I have oh. archetypal readings, yeah, and it's fast. I've never been off once. And I've done thousands of them. It's, it yeah. fascinates me too. It's fascinates me. I, I, I can't believe it.
0: You know, yes. that's it's something that's, so fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. That's it's interesting. That's coming back for more because <laughs> yeah. I'm telling you when spirit drops, is some amazing something in your lap? It's like, I don't, why am I still shocked? Why am I still still astounded? But I am. I'm like, wow, that's so cool. And and you know, the and that's just this little extent that I do it, you know, the extent that you're doing it is like through all kinds of other means, like it is literally your all-day long work every day. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and it's still it's so fascinating. But that's how I also know that it is spirit because yeah. it, it always has this air of wonder about it, like it's just yeah can't be anything else. It just can't. Yeah. And uh, the thing is that it's, it's sort of um, I, the way
1: I explain it is there's an element of creativity. You know, when I wake up, I, it, I have this thing, this air about me and, and it makes me think of, I know I have homework. I know I have work, but there's gotta be something else. There's something else, you know? And, um, and, and that, that renews my spirit. And that's why I keep doing it because it's, there's so much to learn and so So much much. to, so much. And, um, and you look back and and you think, wow,
0: that's true. And you go back and see your own experience.
1: I should have known that I should have thought
0: about that then, Mm. you know, (laughs) And I think looking at life with wonder like that, (laughs) that that's to me very invigorating and keeps me excited. Just knowing that, I know so little I there's so much there's so much more to know and I'm just like I know I know every but- person that comes into my you know like as I started out the top of this conversation with girlfriend you've got this amazing <laughs> backstory well,
1: wait you know, a minute
0: dig into all that
1: coolness remember remember that price I said there's always a price to pay that's um true. well you know um I, I've been a victim of fraud people, you know, yes. I have this Pollyanna look about me, you know, this Pollyanna uh, syndrome where everything is beautiful, ga, ga, ga. you know, and, and, and I have to be on my guard for that. But when your nature is in a certain way, you just hope for the best, you know? but yes. I've been, I've been taken for a ride several oh, times. Yeah. 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 Well, what can you do?
0: Choke it up to experience, you know, you can and turn then, the page. We need those experiences, but yeah. before we close up, I just mm-hmm. want to, which I don't want to close up, but <laughs> we're going to keep this in the time frame and be respectful of everyone's mm-hmm. time. Uh, just real quick, can, can you list off the 12 archetypes types? And then I have one question regarding the archetypes. Mm-hmm. Well, they are not
1: 12. That's oh, the surprise. No, 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 no. Um, Remember I said after the coronavirus, uh, everything has changed in terms of energy. Well, since the beginning of time and in the evolution of time, we have uh, seen the different archetypal figures. For example, there is a queen, a queen is always a queen, is, is always a queen. But there is the wicked queen there is the emboldened queen there's so many different kinds of queens and anything you can see on television there's one of that there's the housewife mm. typical housewife there is uh, uh, the the battered woman uh, there is the the cruel mother you know there's so many this is these are the females and of course for males there are many different uh, uh, as well mm. so th- there's it's it's just not never ending and yes. the thing is okay. that that it, it's hard. What I do when I work, I create a matrix, um, uh, say, with rows and columns, and uh, with all different groups of uh, of archetypes. And I psychically get the information for certain people, and I do it in four steps. One is a basic overall archetype for that person. They're in everyday life. Another is the archetype that is more prominent when they are pushing the envelope when they are in a, a situation of adventure or, um, or sexual prowess, let's say uh, that, how are they in the bedroom? Another is in the boardroom. And, uh, you know, so, so I have these different scenarios, and then I create a reading for them. And each of them are different. And it's amazing to see how, a, a let's say, an executive changes into a messiah in the bedroom and he's drawn to a, a femme fatale you know i mean it's, it's fascinating it's yeah. fascinating yes oh uh, yeah so i wasn't able to answer your question or else we'd really go beyond oh that the- <laughs> makes sense
0: there's there's just layers i mean and that yeah, makes yeah. perfect sense that that it's there's so many different types under one umbrella yeah, like you were yeah, saying yeah. that's awesome so my question is, if someone finds that they fall under a certain archetype, I love that you just said that he could change in the bedroom to a different archetype. Mm-hmm. However, if someone is like typically in their life, let's just say a king, because that's the first thing that comes into my mind or the maiden, the first two things you, you brought up is a person forever king, forever a maiden, or can, you know, is there shifting and growing happening there?
1: Okay, so I mentioned the book that I have uh, in my hands now, which is uh, the the power of uh, the magic of pleasure seeking. Live like you have superpowers. There, I work with archetypes and superpowers that every woman has. It's geared toward women mainly, but the idea is also can be also adopted to man. Um, If I am working in an environment, let's take the working environment is is easier to talk about. A male, a king. Okay. He has a negotiation negotiating table with um, an international counterpart. You know, he has a meeting from uh, the CEO from a multinational in Switzerland. They're meeting in New York. He's in Colorado or something like that. And so it's neutral territory. He's the king. He knows his adversary. It's not an adversary. He knows what the other guy is like. He's an executive. He's not a king. A king has a reign, and he uh, 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 he manages. The executive has financial power and executive power and moves mountains where the king does not Mm. the king has a hierarchical level of underlings underlings and the executive keeps them more on a vertical plane and and empowering them with work so they their work feeds into him so they're in two different you know lanes there and if he knows that the executive nature, he can learn to act as an executive to be able to speak the same language. And this is what I deal with in my book as well. Because when you want something, when you have to, it's about power and how you wield power and how you um, show, just even just show it and hide it when you need to. And um, so let's say going from the boardroom to the bedroom, if you have a, a sexual prowess that is, uh, let's say, I don't know how to say this without being um, off, off uh, of a certain register, but let's say that your, your nature, your sexual nature uh, makes you be more of a dominating woman, mm-hmm. right? And you gravitate toward men or women who are not that, who are the opposite. But there is also the case in, in what we would call a switch relationship. You like to be domineering, but then you like to be more slave-like. You can only pair with another person who has those similar characteristics. Right. Unless you know what their characteristics are like. And then you can adapt yourself to it if you want. And there too, you know, there's always that price to pay. But we could we could go on, Kristen. (laughs) I know we could.
0: That is that's just oh, I. Can't wait to re-listen to this episode because this is wonderful, and I love your energy. You are oh, a delight, Miss Claudia. Oh, oh that's so sweet. That's such a sweet thing to I'd say. Hanging <laughs> out if I lived in Rome. <laughs> so, Good. Let's I just, hope you uh, like wine. Uh, <laughs> let's just real talk real quick. Just talk about what it. What services do you offer, and where okay. people can get in contact with you? Mm-hmm. I have two websites.
1: One is my author. Um, I was going to say my author archetype, (laughs) a website, which is my name, ClaudiaMonticelli.com. And that's where I uh, talk about my writing and my oral uh, uh, communication Mm -hmm. experiences and my movement, uh, uh, the work that I do as a voice coach. And then there's another website and YouTube channel. My website is uh, ChristelleMartinette.com. I guess you can put this in the description of the, I will for sure Mm -hmm. where, and my, um, my uh, YouTube channel is uh, Christelle Martinette, AKA Claudia Monticelli. If you want to see the type of things that I do, the services are on my website and there's a service page that's very clear. um, And, um, and that's, that's a lot of uh, fun. It's easy to contact me.
0: Yeah. That's wonderful. Are you on Instagram and Facebook? Yes. Instagram,
1: Instagram, it's, Christelle Martinet. Uh, then you read it, it's AKA Claudia Monachelli. And uh, what else? Uh, Facebook, it is Christelle Martinet, AKA
0: uh, awesome. Claudia
1: Monachelli. And Twitter is Girl.
0: Christelle Tarot. <laughs> Beautiful. Well, gosh, thank you so much for blessing thank us you. with your presence, thank your you. wisdom, your light, your spirit, your amazing Oh,
1: that's sweet. Thank, thank, thank you, you so much. It was me. a pleasure.
0: I hope you all enjoyed this interview as much as I did. And if you did, I would sure appreciate it if you jumped over to iTunes and left me a five-star rating and review. And don't forget to share it with someone that you love. Until next time, everyone, remember, you matter.